everybody. Welcome back to another week of History Creeps. I am one of your creepy co-hosts. This is Chris Chavez. I'm joined by my two other creeper captains, Carter Johnson and Johnny Townsend. What's up, guys? I was going to let Carter go first. <laughs> I was going to let you go first. I love doing that. I love just throwing it at both, introducing you both, and then just saying what's up, because there's always that, like, who's going to go first? <laughs> and we never talk about it ahead of time. That's how we do things here. <laughs> There's that moment of, okay, should I let him go? Is he going to let me go? Just so everybody knows, I'm Carter. <laughs> and I'm Johnny. <laughs> so they're going to act like Carter for the rest of this episode. That's going to be You're going to act like me. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it going, guys? How you guys doing? Well, well. Carter. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You're uh we were just at the, right before this we were talking about um some nerd nerd talk and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop that for Patreon. So if you're a Patreon I'll subscriber, check it out. That's going to be a nice little 10-15 minute conversation in all of our nerd interests. It should be interesting. Yeah, if you love Spider-Man, you'll love this. Heck yeah. <laughs> if you like Funko Pops, you'll like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Funko Pop talk. So um <laughs> we're here for another week of history creeps i was like wait what, which one are we doing yeah history creeps here we are history creeps um i f- completely forgot to put up a round table last month because it was i mean we had a crazy month we had the con last month we've been i've been seriously crazy busy with all kinds of meetings late, lately that i forgot to put that up so tonight i'll actually be putting up the one for this month um so i'm sorry about that for our patreons who uh who pay to vote on that but this uh we're gonna make sure to get you some extra extra audio uh and things like that this month for uh, to make up for it so i'll be putting that up as well um today we're doing history creeps we are back with another urban legends episode um but before we get into it as always with uh all of our episodes we're gonna start out with a current creep and i think this is a current creep update right we covered this before yeah yeah, before I think we we didn't know near as many details, but this is the you know the the Pentagon uh, released oh, all yeah. these all these things about the uh, UFO reports that they had been doing. Uh, they admitted that they had been following UFOs. They had a whole program for it. They'd actually been devoting uh, devoting money to it, that type of thing. And then there's a video that was released uh, of uh, of a UFO sighting from the from the military. So there's an update. Uh, this is in New York Post, but you can find this story in all, all any newspaper you look at. So I don't know why this wasn't an even huger deal to me. Right. That's great. That's great English too. Huger <laughs> deal. That's just how uh, Carter talks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My best Carter. I'm, I'm assuming Carter <laughs> speaks terrible English, despite the fact that he's an author. Uh, Thanks, buddy. So, you're welcome. <laughs> that's what friends are for. Uh, so this is from the New York Post. This version is. Uh, UFO sightings are a dime a dozen these days and have been for a while, but back in December, the New York Times released the results of an investigation into the U.S. military's monitoring of UFO claims and came up with something totally wild. It I, I should have read it like a like a California girl. Totally wild. I thought you were going to do it like uh, Johnny Carson. Remember, he's wild. Wild. Wild and crazy. Wild, wild and crazy right. stuff. It was a video released by the Pentagon and shows U.S. Navy pilots tracking the movements of a totally unexplainable aircraft. This is, and I'm not making those words up. That's what it says. Totally unexplainable <laughs> aircraft. Now, a local news team from Las Vegas has obtained a military report that offers even more details on this sighting. 
Now, the report explains in great detail how a U.S. Navy aircraft carrier played a strange game of hide-and-seek yeah. with multiple UFOs that demonstrated flight characteristics that should be downright impossible to, to pull off. These sightings were on November 10th of 2004, and it lasted for several days. That part's even more mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Uh, the the objects would appear on a carrier's radar systems for short periods. Uh, they would seem to hover and then fly off at high speeds. Uh, they were confused by exactly what was going on, so they decided to investigate, as you would hope they would do. Uh, when the object appeared again a few days later, a pair of FA-18Fs were directed to check out the strange signals. I'm assuming, assuming those are aircraft, right? Uh, yeah. The result yeah. is the now famous video showing the Tic Tac shaped UFO. That's the one that everybody's seen. Uh, in the new report, the object is described as solid white, smooth, with no edges, and being uniformly colored with no uh, pylons or wings. The report says the object was about 46 feet long. Uh, by comparison, those FA 18s are about 56 feet long, meaning that whatever it was the Navy spotted could feasibly hold one or more human-sized individuals. Uh, the pilot said they were never they never felt like they were in that the object was a threat, but the report notes that it seemed to react to the presence of the jets, demonstrating and this is a quote in quotations, demonstrating an advanced acceleration, aerodynamic and propulsion capability. Throughout the several days of seeing the object come and go, the Navy says it may have it may have demonstrated the ability to cloak itself and disappear to the human eye. What? Yes, its rapid descent from 60,000 feet to just 50 feet before disappearing also made officials consider the possibility that it was capable of operating underwater, uh, effortlessly moving from the air to the sea at will. I've seen the. I think we even talked about it on a past episode. The, those uh, unexplained underwater things that shoot out of the uh, uh, the ocean. You know what I mean? Those. Yeah. Um, USOs. Yes, right. yes. But now you're talking about. Okay, they wouldn't have brought it up. The the fact that he says they may may or may not have seen that it can cloak and make itself invisible to the human eye. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't pre- they're not going to bring it up unless that's something that happened. Like are you, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't have said it. What's the point? Yeah. To- that's insane to think about because go oh, outside right now. If that you have this creepy, podcast actually. on in your ears, you have earbuds in. I want you to go outside day or night. I don't care. Go outside and look up. That could be a UFO right there. That's insane. Dude, yeah. Like, I don't have they're all shit just... to be scared about. And here you are bringing up more stuff. Yeah, they're all just cloaked <laughs> staring at us like my Funko pops up. <laughs> <laughs> patron listeners are going to get that one um seriously though like that is uh it's a little much that's crazy to think that that in this official report is a reference to the fact that these unidentified objects not only are they moving at rates that they can't explain and let's stop joking around it's it's not man-made we are almost 100 percent, you know sure this is not man-made at least not on this earth uh but, but now they would have talked about the the object like they did if it was man-made and they knew about it. Yeah, but now you're telling me it can literally be over our heads at any time. We're not going to know. Yeah, and just cloak itself. Come on. This is Star Trek, man. This is Star Trek this stuff. Is freaking crazy is what it is. Yeah. Why is no one else talking? That's You're right, Johnny. Know. What's going That's on That's what here? I want to know. This didn't happen just one day either. This was several days this happened to military. 
to the U.S. Navy. You're like, meh, you know. Tom DeLonge knows the truth. Kim Kardashian's at the White House. Pay attention to that. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez Louise, that is crazy, dude. It's scary, man. You know what's also kind of, uh, if you look back on history, when they used to have... um, well, when most of these reports of UFO sightings, uh, a lot of the 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 um, what am I going to say? When it when it was, it seemed like it was more abundant. It was a lot of times when we looked like as as a, a whole, as Earth and a, as a human race, that we were just on the verge of really kind of destroying ourselves. You know what I right. mean? During the nuclear arms race, um, yeah. nuclear testing in the forties and fifties, uh, all these kind when war when we're just planet is ravaged by war. And if you look at the state of the way the world is now, you look at the news, you would almost think like we're literally on the edge of self-destruction. So maybe that that's the reason they're coming back. They're c- coming back to be like, guys, seriously, chill out. Could you blame them? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Come- I, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw this out there. Do it. Throw it. I don't, throw I, don't, it. I, I don't know how I don't know how how often you guys read. You know, never. Abduction. <laughs> well, no, no, that's not true. That's not true, Johnny. I know you read Spider-Man comics. Okay, yeah, that's I know that I know that much at least. <laughs> it has pictures. Um, I don't know how how familiar you guys are with like a like abduct like real you know substantiated abduction stories. As in, like I had this thing in my arm. I don't know how it got there. Oh yeah, yeah. Yada yada yada. Yeah. The fact that that this these things can cloak could explain a lot of those in the sense of you know what we always talk about where were the witnesses for this you know true even yeah. if this guy got abducted out of his house at three in the morning you know somebody should have seen something there's there's right. still people out at three in the morning not a lot of them but there are still people out and most this, of them are drunk but still and i'm always saying like this day and age dude every single phone has a camera on it and not just like a grainy footage camera i'm talking hd we can film move hollywood yeah. movies on these things right why are we all the still time, not but they getting... never make them landscape just make uh, your phone landscape people good lord <laughs> but still <laughs> sorry how come that we, bothers how come, me how come do we that. don't have like definitive zero question whatsoever this is something that the entire world is seeing right before their eyes on every television screen every youtube channel uh, you know what i'm saying how can we still don't have that yet is it because yeah. they're cloaking themselves we do man it's on youtube Boom. but we're trained not to believe anything we see on youtube it's like men in black when when like what do you say like 95 percent of the the new world news or something like that is is real Best investigative oh, reporting there is. <laughs> That's <what> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is crazy, oh, yeah. though. This is really kind of crazy, and um, I'm really interested to think hear what some of the creepers think about this. So under this episode, if you can, get back to Facebook. Put a comment in. Let us know what you think. Like, what are your thoughts on the cloaking UFOs, and uh, what's the idea? What's going on with this, man? And how come, like, seriously, this is not making headline news? You know what I mean? Is it because you- Kim Kardashian is not visiting with these UFOs? If you can't get back to Facebook, I hope you're okay. Yes. Because um, it should be fairly easy to do that. www.facebook.com. <laughs> Hold your phone in landscape. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so, I'm sorry that I interrupted your rant for that, but <sighs> it just bugs me. Just turn your phone long ways, I mean sideways, and uh, your video will be fine when I'm looking at it later on, <laughs> online. You're right, though. It's true. Um, 
But man, this is this is a crazy cool current update creep creep update because uh, we did talk about it and we heard the I think I I don't know if I played the video I think I did where you could hear the guy re- you know the pilot referencing yeah uh, what he saw but he was literally he's talking to the other pilots like dude what is that you know what I mean um I'd I'd be interested to hear all the recordings from over all over two days you know between the tower and the and the air fighter the fighter jets and. The fighter jets between each other. I'd love to hear everything, every single thing that was recorded. I want to hear the guy go. Did that thing just disappear? Is it cloaking? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you're watching something and all of a sudden it's just it just disappears before your eyes. Yeah. Uh, and your military. And how does it disappear? Is it like in the movies where it's gradual, so like the front of it starts to disappear and you see this like this yeah. this line you know go across, or is it just a blink and it's gone? It's like when Thanos snaps his finger. Oh, too soon. Or is it like a too Predator soon. movie, you know? Where yeah. it's sort of invisible, but not really. Oh, yeah. Well, you could, yeah, it's like you're looking through a glass of water. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, should, somebody should have threw like a rock at it or something. Yeah, yeah. See what happens then. Yeah. Be like, uh, what? which movie was it? Was it Independence Day? It's one of those movies where they were cloaked and a bird like flew into it. It was either Independence Day or Signs. Signs. Yeah, Signs. okay. Uh, that's yeah. right. Something like that. Yeah, so something like didn't know it was cloaked and ran into it. My God, can you imagine if you'd seen that and like you're looking up at the sky and all of a sudden a plane is flying and then explodes bec- on impact on something you don't see? Oh my gosh. That would be insane. Yeah. That's terrible, terrible thoughts. All right, let's get into some more creepier thoughts. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do that, yeah. So let's the, jump from one creepy subject to another. An even, a, a more pleasant creepy subject, if you will, uh, <laughs> or subjects. <laughs> So this this episode we're doing urban legends, and the last time we did urban legends, or the last couple times, we decided to start focusing around the country, different local areas around the country, um, and I decided to do that again this time instead of just coming with an overall urban legend that you know that everyone knows. Um, so I found I found three different I picked out three different states at random, picked out Wisconsin, Tennessee, and Massachusetts. Uh, and then decided to see what what they had to offer, what kind of stories, what kind of weird, crazy things in their history that they have to offer. And I found a few things. Uh, a couple of things um, are legit urban legends. Some of them are kind of like, hey, you know, every town has this kind of thing, but it's their own little spin on it. Uh, and some yeah. of them had some downright weird things I'd never heard of before in my life. Uh, so I wanted to start in Wisconsin. Oh, cheese. Yes. The yeah, che- that's they, what I was going to say, cheese. They've got cheese. Um and they've also got a, a creature called the hodag. Ho hodag or hodag? I'm I'm, a, I'm assuming it's it's pronounced hodag. I like hodag. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that sounds creepier. So I'm taking I'm. T- <laughs> <laughs> hey. How, hey, Dad, how much of the food did you? I hate the I ate the hodag thing. <laughs> well, oh, okay. <laughs> I was hoping you said hodag and not ho bag because that's a completely different story. I don't um, know what you're talking about. <laughs> So uh, the idea I'm I'm taking this off of Wikipedia because it's very concise. But this one, it's uh, like I said, a lot of these are true urban legends. This one um, actually was uh, turned out to be kind of a a, a funny little whimsical story and um, becomes a big deal to this town today. So in Wisconsin folklore, the hodag is a fearsome critter. Its history is focused mainly around the city of Rhinelander in northern Wisconsin, where it is said to have been discovered. It is also mentioned in several Paul Bunyan stories. Now, that's actually kind of cool. I'd like to look into that and see what's the deal with the hodag in the Paul Bunyan stories. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Heck yeah. All right, so the origins. In, in 1893, 
Newspapers reported the discovery of a hodag in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. It had, quote, the head of a frog, the grinning face of a giant elephant, thick short set off, uh, sh- sorry, thick short legs set off by huge claws, the back of a dinosaur, uh, it doesn't say which dinosaur, and a long tail with spears at the end. The, what the hell? Yes, the reports were. You can find pictures of it if you Google it. Yeah, look it up. Uh, the Rhinelander. Yeah, there's renderings of this thing. Uh, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> the reports were instigated by well-known Wisconsin land surveyor, timber cruiser, and here's the kicker, prankster Eugene, Eugene Shepard, who rounded up a group of local people to capture the animal. The group reported that they needed to use dynamite to kill the beast. A photograph of the remains of the charred beast was released to the media. It was a, quote, fiercest, strangest, most frightening creature ever to set razor-sharp claws on the earth. It became extinct after its main food source, all-white bulldogs, became scarce in the area, end quote. What the hell? Yes. That's a a very distinct thing to eat. (laughs) Yes. So here's the deal. Shepard claimed to have captured another hodag in 1896. This one was captured alive. According to Shepard's reports, he and several bear wrestlers placed chloroform on the end of a long pole, which they worked into the cave of the creature where it was overcome. He displayed this hodag at the first Oneida County Fair. Thousands of people came to see the hodag at the fair or at Shepard's display in a shanty at his house. Having connected wires to it, Shepard would occasionally move the creature, which would typically send the already skittish viewers fleeing from the display. As newspapers locally, statewide, and then nationally began picking up the story of the apparently remarkable living creature, a small group of scientists from the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. announced they would be traveling to Rhinelander to inspect the apparent discovery. Their mere announcement spelled the end, as Shepard was then forced to admit that the hodag was a hoax. Here's where I think there's like this cool little charming thing to this weird little, you know, story that started back in the 1800s. The hodag became the official symbol of Rhinelander, Wisconsin. It is the mascot of the Rhinelander High School and lends its name to numerous Rhinelander area area businesses and organizations, including the annual music festival, the Hodag County Country Festival. Uh, the city <laughs> of Rhinelander's website calls Rhinelander the home of the hodag. A larger-than-life fiberglass sculpture of a hodag created by a local artist resides on the grounds of the Rhinelander Area Chamber of Commerce, where it draws thousands of visitors each year. The Rhinelander Ice Arena houses two hodags, one a full-body creature just inside the entrance, and the other one an oversized head that blows smoke and has red eyes that light up, located in the corner just off the ice, which was created by the same artist who designed and built the chamber, uh, the chamber hodag. So if you go to Facebook, you can see the picture of the uh, the this thing that this fiberglass sculpture that the artist created, and it's pretty freaking sweet looking, dude. I'll tell you what, if I'm ever ever going through this town or even a near where I can get to it, I'm stopping here and taking a picture. If we have any oh, yeah. creepers who live in Wisconsin live near this. Please, please, please go take a picture with you. Go take a picture of yourselves with this, um, and and send it to us, and and I'll put you into a drawing for for a prize. We're gonna do a, a prize coming up here soon, where we're gonna do a, a drawing for a horror or scary, creepy themed Funko Pop. So keep your eyes open for that one. But anyway, yeah, I can thought I, that was. Can I enter this? <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. The Hodag. When I heard about this, I was like, 
okay, I mean, it's a hoax, but this is such a cool story. And then look at what it became, like this iconic thing for this this little town. Can you yeah. imagine, like, being drunk, you know, like, <laughs> walking like walking down the street drunk, and you come across that statue, and it just bur- – and, I, I, dude, I, I – Did you see it? Like, Have, not, did you get I'm a look at it? I'm not talking about, like, hammered drunk. I'm talking about, like, you know, did you buzzed get, enough to believe in vampires. Did you get a you chance will. to look at the picture of, of this sculpture? I don't, dude, I don't know if I want to. Like, uh, I've been you can look nightmares at, recently. <laughs> you, can look at the, you can look at the picture of the – of, like, the – um. Yeah, the sculpture. You'll I, be fine. I'm gonna send it in the group chat so you, so you can see it, Carter. It's yeah, really, you'll be fine. It's I really promise. cool. It's it's kind of cartoony looking almost. Uh, it's I'm saying it's seriously cool. I want to go and get a picture with it. Um, I'll be wearing my history creeps shirt too when I go get a picture with this thing. Yeah, see, yeah. if I if I was like walking down the street and drunk and like didn't know it was there, <laughs> I've seen way too many like YouTube videos. I would probably pee myself right there. <laughs> uh anyway so yeah i thought that was kind of cool man the ho deck i was like all right man these guys are it's not i mean it's a hoax and all but uh, they completely embraced it and made it a thing and i like that a lot it's pretty cool you might as well take advantage of the situation you know yeah uh there is this other thing though um out in wisconsin in burnett county is is a town called siren wisconsin and there's this bridge um so there's a very short story to this so i'm just gonna get right to it. it says during a halloween blizzard a family was driving down County Road B when their car skidded off a bridge and overturned in a swampy stream. Uh, the parents and their young daughter were trapped in the car and couldn't get out. They ended up drowning. So what what's said to happen, here's where the ur- urban legend thing is. Uh, if you drive over this bridge and you have your radio on, doesn't matter if it's a commercial, if it's static, if it's music playing, um, as you're approaching the bridge, you're singing along. You're fine. As you drive over the bridge, the music, the static, the commercial will cut out just like that. And instantly, you'll hear the ghostly voice of a little girl come over your speakers crying, help me, mommy. I can't get out. No, thank you. <laughs> so, no, thanks. So we see these things in urban legends all the time. The the you know the car accident that you know takes the life of a person, a family, whatever the case is, and then we see the hitchhiker, the ghostly hitchhiker, right, or the the ghostly apparition at the side of the road. Uh, I don't the think woman in white. Yes. Yep. I don't think I've ever heard of this one. This one kind of gave me goosebumps when I heard about that. I was just like, oh, this is. Could you imagine if you were driving across this bridge and that happens to you? Listen to the radio and you're singing along to, I don't know, what do the kids listen to nowadays? Smash Um, Mouth. Just throw it out there. Yeah, (laughs) Smash Mouth. Yeah, that's what the kids are listening to now. Smash Mouth. Everybody wants Tommy. That's amazing. Hey, but, now, you're an all-star. <laughs> get your game on. Go. Uh, what was that? Help me, Mommy. I <laughs> can't get mommy. out. Help me, Mommy. Yeah. Oh, God. No. That no. would ruin Smash Mouth for me. I think every single creeper knows, and I've Smash said it. Smash Mouth ruins Smash Mouth for you, okay? <laughs> uh, I've said it plenty of times before, but when it comes to kid ghosts or the voice of children in these little stories yeah. or, or the, the paranormal – I'm checking out, dude. I'm done. Yeah, that is. It's going to make me creepy, switch dude. from Smash Mouth to Chumbawamba in a split second. <laughs> um, I'm serious though. Like you hear that, dude, and it's like I don't know what it's. There's, give me growls, give me demonic voices all day, 
Little children's voices, disembodied voices, crying, laughing. No, no thanks. Yeah, that creeps me out even more. Two things. One, I dare one of you guys to drive over that bridge rocking Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Just loud as hell. Yeah. And two, okay. So, you know how we always like try to track it back or something? Is there like any definitive proof that this like actually happened? You know what? Or, I is it, or is it literally like just you know like an urban legend? Uh, so for everything I see said urban legend because it didn't. Well, let me just check this real quick. Uh, the Siren Bridge Ghost, Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I because like Google. you said, you can always you can almost always find like the story behind. Um, so a lot of times that that could be the case. It could have been that that happened and then people are going to pick up on that and start telling the story of, by the way, this happens, but just like it is with all of our urban legends that are, are, are where you actually locations and places around the country. Uh, if anyone lives in this area as well, if you can go out there and give it a try, go over the bridge and let us know what happens, uh, record the video on your phone. Um, and dude, I would freak out if they, (laughs) they got that. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, I'm looking here. It doesn't say anything about this having anything behind it. Everything just points to the story itself, the way I told you. Look into that too, creepers. If you if you can find if there's a true story, if there's a a, a news article that says this could have been the you know the the little family that ended up dying, uh, I'd like to know if this was a if there's any truth behind this one. But it's a, it's creepy, man. It really is. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Uh, oh, I also think it kind of helps the name of the place. Name of the bridge is Siren. Oh, Agreed. Yeah. It, it does already kind of makes it starting out to be creepy to start with. There's a si- there's a website called unexplainedresearch.com, um, and this says here that the accident is confirmed to have happened as described. The details are pending, so whoever's researching it hasn't updated it yet. But who knows? If you guys know any more, let us know. So that's Wisconsin, man. I want that guy's job. Just travel a, around the country and look into weird shit. Like I wrote about that one time. It just seems like it'd be an awesome job, you know? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? We have Tennessee. Tennessee? Oh. Tennessee. Um, That's the only 10 I see. Let me see. Where was nice, it? Nice. Nice. The Tennessee. Very good. <laughs> okay, so That's, here's. That is Carter and I's neighbor. Oh, that's it right. It is. It is. Tennessee is neighbor. I have neighbor. friends in Tennessee. Me too. Um, let me know. I want to know if you guys know about Skinned Tom. Ooh, of Tennessee. It sounds like something I probably would have heard of, like as a child. All right, I'm gonna tell. I found this on a website. Now I'm gonna read. When I read this, I'm gonna literally read exactly what's on this site. But I want you to know what site this is on. Uh, actually, I'm not gonna tell you what site it is until I'm done reading. Okay, here we go. Okay. Skinned Tom is a scary urban legend from Tennessee about a young man named Tom who came to a grisly end. He even has a song written about him. And here are the lyrics. Have you seen the ghost of Skinned Tom? Bloody red bones with the skin all gone. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. Wouldn't it be chilly with no skin on? So... In rural Tennessee, there lived a young man named Tom. He was handsome, witty, charming, and athletic. What's more, oh, that's a, he sounds cool. What's more, Tom right? had an eye for the ladies, Ooh. and few could resist his charms. Every sounds girl, like me. every girl in town eventually fell for Tom's good looks, but he was never satisfied. 
As soon as he had romanced one girl, he would break up with her and move on to the next. Before long, Tom had dated almost every single girl in the area. In search of more romance, Tom moved on to new pastures and began driving to the next town over, hoping to meet more girls. Soon he came across... <laughs> he, sounds, he sounds like the aliens and science, but it's instead of <laughs> natural resources and planets, it's just girls and towns. <laughs> yep. Soon he came across a beautiful young lady named Eleanor. She had long blonde hair, bright blue eyes, and a curvaceous figure. Tom was smitten with Eleanor, and they began dating. There was just one problem. Eleanor was married. But Tom oh. didn't Tom didn't let that deter him. In fact, he enjoyed the excitement of sneaking around and having an affair with a married woman. The pair would often meet late at night in the local lover's lane and make out in Tom's car. Tom and Eleanor made little effort to keep their fling a secret, and before too long, the folks in town began to gossip. Eventually, her husband got wind of what was going on and was driven insane with jealousy. He vowed to get revenge on the two of them. He told his wife he was going out of town for the weekend, then hid in the woods behind their house. As he guessed, that evening Tom showed up to take the lady out. The husband followed them to the nearby lover's lane. Tom and Eleanor were locked in a passionate embrace when, all of a sudden, they heard the car door open. Standing there was Eleanor's husband. His face was twisted in an evil grin, and his hand was clutching a hunting knife. Tom was scared out of his wits. He began begging for his life. He swore up and down that he didn't know Eleanor was married, but the husband didn't believe him. The wronged husband grabbed Tom by the ankles and dragged him out of the car, still bearing a sadistic grin upon his angry face. Please don't kill me, begged Tom. Oh no, said the husband. I'm not going to kill you. I have something far worse in mind. With that, the husband dragged Tom off into the darkness. Cowering in the car, Eleanor couldn't see what was happening, but she was forced to listen to Tom's blood-curdling screams as they pierced the dark Tennessee night. Finally, her husband emerged from the darkness, his clothes covered in blood. Without a word, he climbed into the car and drove to the local police station where he turned himself in. The next morning, the police drove up to the crime scene and made a horrifying discovery. Hanging from the branches of the tree was a pile of human skin. They realized that the husband hadn't killed Tom. He had skinned him. In fact, the jealous man had skinned Tom so deftly and carefully that Tom was still alive at the end of the ordeal. The husband had then draped Tom's hide over a branch and left him for dead. Police searched the area, but Tom was never uh, nowhere to be seen and they could find no trace of the hunting knife either. They say that Tom still lurks around Lover's Lane, waiting to catch a cheating couple and teach them the same lesson he learned that fateful night. Once, a handsome young man, he is now just a bloody skeleton stalking the little alleys and laneways with a big hunting knife clutched in his bony fingers. All of the teenagers in Tennessee are warned by their parents. Don't go to Lover's Lane if you don't want to be skinned by Tom's next victim. That's a whimsical way to say that. <laughs> so, uh, go get skin there, buddy. <laughs> the website, this this story. Uh, well, I want to guess. I want to guess. Do it, do it. Uh, the Sesame Street Times. <laughs> you were so close. I'm not kidding. You're nope, so nope, close. nope. Let me, let me, let me. Weekly World News. You're a little farther off. It, 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 seriously, Johnny's was really kind of close here. Um, I found all kinds of stories. This one told it the best. I was like, I got to use this one. But this comes from scaryforkids.com 
that's that's terrifying. That's, for yeah, that's <laughs> it's like scary is underselling so, it. <laughs> so Carter, <laughs> next time you're reading Leia a bedtime story, there you go. Scary for well, kids. Dude, I mean, it's out no, there. Think about it. When we were kids, we had scary stories to tell in the dark. It yeah. only makes sense that all that shit would move to the internet. That's right? true. With creepypasta yeah. and all that yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So that's a good. That's again. See. For this episode, I didn't really look into. I didn't want to go in too much to see if there's any truth in them. I wanted to find these stories and put them out there, and then have interactions with our listeners. If we have any listeners in these areas, I want to know if they've heard about these things. I want to know if anyone in the Tennessee, or even if you're on the borders or of the air, you know, North Carolina or uh, whatever, um, if you've heard of this, have you ever heard of Skinned Tom? Because this, like we hear of the hook, you know, the guy with the hook to to yeah. ward away kids from doing things, you know, in the cars at Lovers Lane. But now there's one for people who are cheating. You know what I mean? And it's yes. like, and he's like 20 times more terrifying, dude. Oh yeah, for sure. And and we've had stories on this sh- on this very show before uh, of like a woman in Australia who skinned her her husband or whoever he was, but he he and he died. Yeah. So like, it this is not sadly this if this has any truth to it, it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. No, not at all. So that was uh, that's out of Tennessee. Any listeners are into that? Let us know what's going on with the Skin Tom of Tennessee. Uh, that's freaky, dude. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna move over to Massachusetts. I found a few stories in Massachusetts that were kind of cool. So uh, the first one I'm gonna bring up. Have you guys ever heard of um, a creature called a puckwudgie? Why does that sound familiar? I was going to say the same thing. A puckwudgie is a two- or three-foot-tall troll-like being from the Wampanoag folklore. Uh, they resemble the, the features resemble that of a human with enlarged nose, noses, fingers, and ears. Their skin is described as being smooth, gray, and at times have been known to glow. Um, it says, in Native American lore, puckwudgies have the following traits and abilities. They can appear and disappear at will. They can transform into walking porcupine. Um, they can, uh, attack people and lure them to their deaths. They're able to use magic. They have poison arrows. They create fire at will. They, uh, Native Americans believe that the puckwudgies were best left alone. When you see a puckwudgie, you're not supposed to mess with them or they will repay you by playing nasty tricks on you or by following you and causing trouble. They were once friendly humans, but then turned against them. Oh, friendly to humans, but then turned against them. They are known to kidnap people, push them off cliffs, attack their victims with short knives and spears, and use sand to blind their victims. The origin of the legend, it says that the legends of the Pukwudgie began in connection to uh, the Maushop, a creation giant believed by the Wampanoag to have created most of Cape Cod. He was believed by the people and the Pukwudgies, oh, he was sorry, he was beloved by the people, and the Pukwudgies were jealous of the affection uh, the natives had for him. They tried to help the Wampanoag, but their efforts always backfired until they eventually decided to torment them instead. They became mischievous and aggravated the natives until they asked Granny Squanet, Mashop's wife, to help. Mashop collected as many as he could. He shook them until they were confused and tossed them around New England. Some died, but others landed, regained their minds, and made their way back to Massachusetts. Uh, satisfied that he had done his job and pleased his wife, Moshop went away for a while. In his absence, the Puckwudgies had returned. They again changed their relationship with the Wampanoags. They were no longer just a nuisance, but began kidnapping children, burning villages, and forcing Wampanoag deep into the woods and killing them. Squanet again stepped in, but Moshop, being very lazy, sent his five sons to fix the problem. 
The Pukwudgies lured them into the deep grass and shot them dead with magic arrows. Enraged, Squanit and Mashup attacked as many as they could find and crushed them, but many Pukwudgies escaped and scattered throughout New England again. Um, it says that, that there's this battle back and forth that happens with Pukwudgies and Mashup. But in recent history, it says Pukwudgie encounters have been reported in the Freetown Fall River State Forest in Massachusetts, which includes the 227-acre Watapa Reservation, which belongs to the Wampanoag Nation. Several unexplained suicides at the ledge in the state forest have been linked by some to the Pukwudgie lore of pushing people off cliffs. Um, Mounds State Park in Anderson, Indiana, is a hot spot for Pukwudgie activity. And it also says Round Rock's Hairy Man Festival is based on a human boy who grew into a wild hermit. After his death, he vengefully haunted Hairy Man Road. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with any puck wedgies, but yeah, isn't that weird? Maybe he turned into a puck wedgie. <laughs> Maybe he did. So uh, they got to come from somewhere. Puck wedgies, dude. They say that this thing, like when it's it, the back of it, will will spring out like what looks like a porcupine. So it's when it's walking, it almost looks like a, a an upright porcupine walking away from you. Yeah, I see, I'm seeing some artist renderings of this, and it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on the Paranormal Encounters website? I'm on the cryptids.com website. Okay, there's another. I'm looking at, at, at a rendering. It's pretty. It's a pretty good, cool rendering. But yeah, uh, no thanks. I would not want to come across one of these things. No. Puck I questions. got other things to do. <laughs> Again, uh, I'd like to know about our listeners if they've ever come across a puckwudgie. Um, oh yeah. Please. Give us your puckwudgie tales. <laughs> Let's see. There's a couple other things in in Massachusetts that were kind of cool. Uh, there's a play. There's a thing called Spider Gate Cemetery. So, oh in, yeah, here yeah, we go. In Leicester, Massachusetts, Leicester, Massachusetts, on a forgotten dirt road lies lies an old Quaker cemetery that has developed quite a reputation. The proper name for this place is Friend Cemetery, and the Worcester Pleasant Street Friends Meeting owns it. Uh, the fact that there's no marker or nameplate showing its name. Visitors have dubbed it Spider Gate Cemetery due to the spiderweb-like pattern that adores its beautifully wrought iron gate. Spider Gate has many interesting stories attached to it. It has an altar in the center used by Satanists. A young boy <laughs> hung himself. Of course in, it is. <laughs> yeah, a young boy hung himself in the cemetery. There is a second cemetery nearby that can be found only once. So you go to it, you you found it, cool. You, you come back at another date, you're never going to find it again. Uh, there is an area in the cemetery where no grass will grow. We saw that also with the what was it, the Devil's Tromping Grounds or something like Stomping Grounds, Tramping Grounds. Remember that? It was in North. Is in North Carolina. Yeah. But yeah, it's an area where where vegetation never would grow. Huh. Uh, if you walk around Marmaduke, Marmaduke's grave ten times at midnight and say, "Marmaduke, speak to me," kneel down and place your head on the gravestone, he will speak to you. So apparently, there's a Marmaduke out there. Yeah, uh, Earl Marmaduke. Earl Marmaduke? Who's Earl Marmaduke? Is that his That's name? That's what it says here. 1749 to 1839. Oh, you're actually looking at that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what he says to you. I don't know. Like, why did my parents name me Earl Marmaduke? <laughs> it's a, they, it's it a also, terrible name. It also says here, white stuff oozes from the ground. Uh, there's, uh -oh. there's a cave nearby that a young girl had been killed and dismembered in. If you turn over rocks in an area outside the cemetery wall, you will find rune etch, runes etched in uh, etched on them. And most frighteningly of all, this cemetery is considered to be the eighth gate to hell. And why is that? 
Good question. That's what I was going to ask. Uh, and where are the other seven? <laughs> yeah, right. It's just it's, um, it sounds to me like a, one is in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, wait, Supernatural. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, because that's where they that's where they took that from for the show. What about uh, there are like, I, dude, I wonder if anybody's ever done that. Was it isn't there one at the top of one of the skyscrapers in New York City? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if anybody's like done that, you know, like these idiots you see on YouTube playing the elevator game. If anybody's walked through all these gates just to see what would happen. I'm not volunteering as tribute. I'm just saying <laughs> you're going <laughs> to sh- you'll go with a proton pack, though. I'll, yeah, I'll go with a proton pack. This is a private cemetery under the care of the Worcester Friends Meeting Quaker- Quakers. We hope that you will treat the cemetery as you would. The one where your relatives and friends are buried. The cemetery yeah. is closed during the hours of darkness. Except if you're a Satanist, then you're allowed. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. But well, if you're a Satanist, I don't think you're going to care to get the Quaker's permission. I was going to say, doesn't that seem to be the case, though, a lot of the times? You have these these um, old, old cemeteries, and somewhere there's some sort of, like, uh, you know, altar somewhere, and, and immediately... It's it's satanic rituals, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's all these places. There's always tales of that. Um, yeah. Let me see what else did it say in here. Uh, according to some, the, this resembles. Oh, when it, ta- it was talking about the Marmaduke Earl guy, um, apparently this just mimics the the idea of the Greek practice of of burying. Oh no no, it says the legend has that uh, being related to finding coins on top of the headstones in the cemetery. So I guess coins show up on the headstones. Um, I'd like to know Freaky. when when these pl- when these places have these things like put up some cameras, man. See if see if there's somebody just messing around. Yeah, and then your cameras will get stolen. <laughs> and then it's the ghost. <laughs> the ghost took them. Uh, Darn so, those Satanists always stealing cameras. So there's Spidergate Cemetery, uh, Massachusetts. If you're out there, go take some pictures of the cemetery gates. Uh, now here's a cool place. This one sounded kind of weird and creepy to me. We've heard of triangles. We've heard of the the Bermuda Triangle. We've actually talked about different triangles on the show. We've never talked about this one. Uh, this one's called the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts. Have you have you guys ever heard of this? No. So no. the Bridgewater Triangle is likely one of the world's most concentrated areas of diverse paranormal reports. Just uh, located just thirty miles south of Boston, this two hundred mile square area has the Massachusetts town of Abington, Freetown, and Rehoboth. At its angles, the town of Bridgewater is located nearly dead center within the triangle, and the area also encompasses six other Massachusetts towns, Raynham, Taunton, Brockton, Mansfield, Norton, and Easton. So there are mysterious landmarks within this entire area of the triangle. So one of the, one of the landmarks is the Hockamock Swamp. Hockamock Swamp is a 5,000-plus acre area that lies within the western section of Bridgewater Triangle and is the hub of many paranormal reports. Also the site of an 8,000-year-old Native American burial ground, when archaeologists opened the graves of the grassy island, the red ochre within the tombs bubbled and then mysteriously disappeared. Photographs taken of the excavation would not develop. The swamp remains shrouded in superstition, called, quote, the place where spirits dwell, by the Wampanoag tribe of the Native American Algonquin Nation, the Wampanoag avoided the Hockamock Swamp, and their area remains a place filled with foreboding. Uh, then there's also Dighton Rock on the banks of the Taunt Taunt uh, Taunt Holy cow! River, 
Dighton Rock. You'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> Dighton Rock lies across <laughs> from the grassy island burial grounds of the Hockamock Swamp. Numerous inscriptions of unknown origins are carved into the face of the rock. Although various speculations attribute them to Native Americans, Vikings, and even Phoenicians, their identity has never been specifically determined. That's kind of cool. I'd like to know. I'd like to actually see that. I have to look up pictures of the Dighton Rock. Uh, then there's Profile Rock. Profile Rock, and I think there's anywhere there's rock formations, you're going to find something called Profile something or like Devil's Rock. or in, You know what I mean? Because it always looks yeah. like the profile of a human. Yeah, we got Grandfather's Mountain around here. There you go. Yep. Uh, profile Rock is another Bridgewater Triangle landmark that has gained a paranormal reputation. Located in Freetown from a nearby hill, the rock shows a clear portrait of a Native American face looking out from the stone. Long before Massachusetts colonists arrived, the Wampanoag people considered Profile Rock sacred. Local legends claim that Native American ghost dancers in warrior dress dance around Profile Rock. Uh, the Anawan Rock, located in Hakamuk Swamp along Route 44 in Rehoboth, uh, this rock is named for Chief Anawan and is the site where Chief Anawan surrendered to the colonists, ending King Philip's War. Legends say that the angry spirits of the chief's warriors continued to haunt the area, starting spectral fires and ghost dancing. Uh, so here's some cool stuff about this area as, as well. Paranormal researcher Lauren Coleman, who named Bridgewater Triangle in 1970, revived public attention to many of the paranormal reports emanating from the area. Aside from the number uh, and diversity of paranormal reports, what is phenomenal about Tri Bridgewater Triangle is that the first report of paranormal activity was made over three centuries ago in 1760. Uh, it says here at 10 a.m. on May 10th, 1760, a quote, sphere of fire was reported to hover over New England and emit a light so bright that it cast shadows on the morning sun, uh, in the morning sun. Reportedly, the light was seen from both Bridgewater and Roxbury. Since then, the area has spawned a diversity of reports that include paranormal events that range from ghost dancers to UFOs to cryptozoological sightings. It's, 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 they also say here that it's, it's quite likely that this 1760 report is actually the very first documented UFO report on the planet. However, it's not certain whether or not that was a, a UFO, and it's definitely not the last UFO report to come out of Bridgewater Triangle. It looks like here, uh, there, here's a little listing of a couple of them. Halloween 1908 marked another UFO sighting. It's documented in lo local newspapers. Uh, in 1968, five people claimed that they saw a strange ball of light floating among the trees in the wooded part of Rehoboth. In the 1970s, UFO sightings were frequently reported to occur in different areas of the Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, in one 1976 report, two UFOs were seen landing along Route 44 near Taunton. In 1994, a Bridgewater law enforcement officer reported seeing a triangular-shaped craft with red and white lights. And the town of Raynham uh, uh, frequently receives reports of glowing balls of light floating over the ground at the local dog track. Um, so not only UFOs, but we did say cryptozool uh, cryptozoological. Cryptozoological sightings are numerous and varied. In 1970, reports of a Bigfoot-like, seven-foot-tall, hairy monster and its footprints instigated both the Bridgewater and Massachusetts State Police, Police Canine Unit to conduct a search for a bear. However, neither man nor bear were ever found. In 1978, paranormal researcher Joseph uh, DeAndre claims to have observed another creature uh, as it slowly walked into the brush of the Hockamock Swamp, about 200 yards from his location. Um, 
And it also says that not all of them are landbound. In 1971, several sightings of a phenomenally large black bird with wingspan that stretched from 8 to 12 feet was reported. Uh, co- coincidentally, the first of these reports originated from Bird Hill in Hockamock Swamp. And in 1984, two of these avian creatures were allegedly seen fighting in midair. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is crazy, huh? This one's a kind of a cool Hockamock, one. Hockamock. There's also, apparently I found, there's a, I haven't seen it obviously, but there's apparently a documentary and all this stuff too. I need to check it out. Oh, really? Bridgewater Triangle? Yep. That's what uh, it's called. Oh, we're going to have to look it up. That's going to be. Is it on YouTube or Netflix? I have no idea. I just saw it when I was Google searching. So we're going to have to check that Uh-oh. out for sure for the show. That sounds awesome. Bridgewater Triangle. So there you go, guys. Bridgewater Triangle. I got one more for you. One more coming out of Massachusetts. This one will tickle the fancy of all the comic book nerds, or even if you're a CW nerd on the on the show. Uh, the Black Flash of Cape Cod. Okay. The Black Flash. So uh, instantaneously, I thought of the Flash. I thought of Zoom. You know, the black suit. When I saw right. saw the name, the Black Flash. But this is a legit thing. This is this was written in in. Uh, all kinds of writings in the 1930s. So it's, I'm, I, there's a few sites that I found. I'm going to kind of jump back and forth on them so I can get the information, all pieces of information. But it says that uh, um, the appearance, this is how it starts. Let me see. Where is it? Um, back in October 1938, Provincetown was haunted by a phantom that locals dubbed the Black Flash. Unlike your average ethereal wispy ghost, the Black Flash was nearly eight feet tall, unnaturally strong, wore all-black clothing, including a flapping bat-like cape. And to top it off, he had glowing eyes and possibly breathed fire. Uh, Some salient points uh, about the Black Flash's behavior, he could easily leap over 10-foot fences when being chased. He liked to laugh malevolently. Once, after a villager shot him with a shotgun, he laughed and leaped over the high fence. He liked to jump out of dark alleys and scare people with a giant black cape. And, uh, and uh, he physically attacked them when confronted. Two adult men both claimed to have been overpowered by the Black Flash. Um, he terrorized Provincetown for seven years until December of 1945. So this was something that was going on for a while. It wasn't just like they saw it here and there. Um, it says It's said here, though, that the Black Flash was ultimately defeated by a group of small children. Uh, Al, Joey, Eleanor, and Louis Jannard were playing outside their family's house on Standish Street. Standish Street. Why do we know that? Standish Street. That's something. Uh, One foggy December when they saw the Flash lurking on a hill nearby. Terrified, they ran inside. The Black Flash followed them, rattling the doors. Finally, Louis filled a bucket with hot water and dumped it on the Phantom from an upstairs window. With a gasp, the Black Flash ran off, and he was never seen again. Uh, The story is recounted in a lot of New England folklore books, but the best account... Uh, is in Joseph Citro's Passing Strange. Uh, Citro, in turn, got his information from Robert Cahill, who is now deceased, is a now deceased Salem folklorist. But yeah, so this thing's been around for a little while. Um, it says police encounters on November uh, on a November night in 1945, police received several complaints of the phantom spotted in the local schoolyard. Four to five officers responded and reported seeing the phantom. When the officer t- attempted to corner the monster, it laughed and leapt over a 10-foot-tall fence in in one bound and disappeared into the night. According to one source, it was the opinion of the officer that the suspect may have been a pole vaulter due to his reported athletic abilities. Crazy. Mm. 
That one's kind of creepy. 1938 to 1945. So it looks like right after that that last scene, uh, encounter with the the, uh, the police, that's when the children came in and burned them. Burned him. Sent him Sounds away. like it. Right? Like the kids fighting back against the ter- terrible monster that's preying on their fears. Yeah. There you go. There's uh there's some some crazy urban legend stories from around the country. I think it's always fun to just see like different stories from different places in our own country. Yeah, I and, agree. And even other and, and even other parts of the world just uh, little strange things that the urban legends or the strange tales that get told in those places. Yeah, and you know what? This I mean, uh, aside from maybe Skin Tom, not many of these are too much urban legends, so maybe we're going to call this different. We're not going to call it urban legends. This episode is going to be called Creepy Country. Oh, there we go. Our Creepy Country Part 1. There we go. There we go. <laughs> At that the very like end of the show right there. <laughs> yeah. TM that one, man. Copyright T-M, copyright, little R. Don't add us. Uh, so there, <laughs> but there you go, guys. There's some crazy, creepy stories from around our country. Uh, hopefully, if you're in that area, I did the stories justice, and I didn't I didn't uh, butcher them too much. Uh, if there's more you think we should know on these, let us know. I mean, you guys usually do. You comment on our stuff. You leave us messages on Facebook, and you send us emails, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. We love it. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, that was our creepy country. What did you guys think of all those stories? Which one was your favorite? Carter. Uh, I really, Johnny. I really love the hodag personally. I know it was, a, I know it was a hoax and everything, but it just sounds so, like so much fun that that town has with it. <laughs> I know I do. I like it yeah. too, but I think as, as weird as it was, I liked skin Tom. That's just so like, that song that you read the lyrics to at the beginning sounds creepy as all get out. <laughs> I'd like to f- I gotta find that on YouTube and see if there's yeah. actually someone singing it, and I'll put it at the end of this episode. You know, to be like it'll sound like really like happy go lucky because all those old songs did, even though it's singing some horrible lyrics. <laughs> oh, like the G- like Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Or Ring Around the Rosie. Or like yeah. this Jeepers Creepers isn't really creepy except for now it's tied to that movie because I mean. The song itself isn't creepy. You know what I'm saying? It's a happy song. It's just tied to a movie right. that makes it creepy now. Or the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. The mash. I like that Bridgewater Triangle one, man. That just sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. That was kind of cool, too. I'd like to actually explore that area for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's actually close to me up here in the Northeast. So I might I might have to uh, talk talk Aaron into going. She, I mean, she likes going for road trips also, and... We went through Massachusetts when we were on our road trip about, uh, geez, like 11 years ago now. Uh, but we went through, we didn't get a chance to really stop in Salem. I really wanted to. We kind of drove through real quick. We didn't stop at any of the places. So I'm sure I could talk her into to visiting New England again. There you go. Yeah. That would be fun. Report back to us. Heck yeah. Or better yet, live stream it, dude. Oh, there we go. No, we're there. We go. Yeah, I'll live stream it, dude. I'll do it on our Instagram. We have a History Creeps Instagram account. I haven't updated it since our. Do you guys remember the limp blimp? Yeah, it's been forever ago. (laughs) That's the last picture on there is the limp blimp, dude. I need to get back on Instagram and start updating those pictures. But hey, follow us on Instagram or follow us on Facebook. And if we ever do any kind of live streaming, it's going to be on one of those. So if you guys ever want to catch that, make sure you're following us on on one of those places. I would say Facebook. Facebook mostly. For sure, for sure. And go to uh, BICBP-radio.com. Go to the shop and be like all the cool kids and get yourself a shirt. Oh, I need yeah. to get a shirt. Uh, you've got one coming your way. 
I'll make sure it, oh, really? it comes out to you. Yes, sir. You've got one coming yes. your way. Mm, yes. Uh, really? Before we do close it out, though, I do want to remind people we have a Patreon. I talked about it at the beginning of the show. If you're interested, check it out. Patreon.com, History Creeps. One of the, the only reason I bring that up is because every single time, I always almost forget. This time, I'm not. So I want to shout out uh, some of our executive producers, some of the people that are helping make sure that, uh, you know, not only are we uh, giving out good content, but we're uh, we're not going hungry. So, we want to thank you, Carrie Mapes. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Andrew Coet. Thanks so much, buddy. I'm only going to thank you a little bit, Andrew. Timothy McGowan. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, Timothy, I'm going to thank you uh, just slightly more than Andrew. Olivia Washington. Much, much thanks. Uh, Olivia, you're going to get like half the thanks, but then I'm going to also give you a three-fourths of the thanks as well. You do the math. <laughs> I'm going to give her all the thanks. <laughs> uh, Daniel the Chavez. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, I don't know him. Never met him. I want to keep it that way. <laughs> I can say that because I've legit met him and he's awesome. <laughs> uh, g'day, mate. Michael Thompson. Thanks. That is a pitch perfect French accent there, but he's from Australia. <laughs> uh, Samantha Cunningham. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As always. Thank you. She gets all the thanks, but I'm going to take away a little bit of the thanks and like tease her about it and then give her the thanks right back. Nice, nice. That's, uh, that's mean, Johnny. <laughs> Sean Fritz, a Power Rangers thanks. I don't know. Do they make like Transformer sounds? I don't know what the sound is. They do now. No, they make I'm... like karate sounds. Dude. No, no Transformer. Carter, we have a moment here. Uh, Transformer sounds is amazing. That's what they should make, and that's what they will always make in my mind now. Uh, and Anthony Mullen, thank you so much. Thanks, buddy, Anthony. I'm going to give you uh, one thanks, and then later on I'll give you four thanks, and then when you least expect it, there'll be the fifth thanks. As always, thanks so much, Creepers. We appreciate all the support we get from you guys, even if you're not a Patreon. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. Thanks for interacting with us on our Facebook. Thanks for sending the emails in. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, for Carter Johnson, for Johnny Townsend, this is Chris Chavez. This has been another episode of History Creeps. We will see you next time. Remember, stay creepy.